All right, good evening. A good moed. Hope everyone is doing well. We're learning Masechah Sivamos Daf Mem Dalit. And we're starting at the very bottom of uh, Mem Gimel Amid Beis at a fresh Mishnah, five lines, four lines from the bottom of the page. Um, housekeeping note, we're going to be learning Daf Yomi tomorrow morning after the 6.30 Shachras, but Erech at about 7.30 here. Uh, if you're able to make it, great. If not, there will be a recording. Tomorrow's Daf is the Sugya about uh, if a woman gets pregnant from a non-Jewish man, whether or not the child is a mamzer, the flow uh, within the Tanoim and Amoraim and the Psak and the Gemara. I think we know how we paskin, but uh, whatever cliffhanger there is in this sugya, we'll, we'll save until tomorrow. So Mem Gimel Amid Beis, three line, four lines from the bottom. The Mishnah writes, Arba Achin Nisuin Arba Nashim Umesu. Don't get scared. This isn't a complex case. These are four men who are brothers, who are married to four women who are not sisters. So this is a cleaner case. So the let's say the four, the four uh, Klein brothers, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Huda, they uh, all marry four random women. So, and then they all, then they all die. So it says the Gemara, if the oldest of them would like to do Yibum HaRishuspia, though he's allowed, after all, he has a requirement to be Mekayim Zerah of his brother. And there are four brothers that died. He's the fifth brother, as we'll see in the Gemara. The Gemara is going to articulate that there were only four brothers and then the oldest one married. That's a little, obviously, it's just a linguistic issue, but we'll get there in a moment. But that guy, the oldest brother of all, or the, the remaining brother, I should say, of all the four who died, is able to marry all four of those spouses. Why the number four? We'll discuss that in the Gemara as well. Uh, not a similar case. One man is married to two women, Umes, and then he died. Then, uh, if one of his brothers chooses to marry or do chalitza to one of those women, that's fine. The other woman then needs nothing else. Uh, and at the top of Memdal and Medalif, the Gemara reminds us of a din that we saw many blot ago, 30 plus blot ago. That if of these two women, one is kosher and one is pasal. So, if of the two sisters, one of them is anyways not able to marry a kohen, that is the one to whom you should do chalitza because doing chalitza will make a woman into a chalutza and then she cannot marry a kohen. So once she's already a chalutza, then we should do chalitza for her. And if you're going to do yibum, you should make sure to do yibum to a woman who's not psudalakuhuna. You don't want to make the pool any smaller. Kohanim already have some limitations about who they can marry. And we want to be sensitive about that. It's just interesting. Like we don't, like the marriage of a Yavam to Yavama is very sincere. And we saw this with Chakir already. Like, can you marry someone L'Shem Noi, L'Shem Ishus? We saw this discussion already in the, in the Tanoim. It's even telling you who to marry. Like, it's not, you should just marry the other one. Like, almost irrelevant of, of personality. It's a, very, it's a very sharp din. The din of Yibam is not, it's not a Pasha Dezach. It's not a simple thing. And the Gemara is saying that if one of the sisters is a Grusha, whatever the case may be, then she should be the one who gets the Chalitza so as not to shrink the pool of those to whom Kohanim can marry. As mentioned, the Mishnah had a very strange language. The Mishnah opened with Arba Achen. There were four brothers who were married and they all died. And then magically a fifth brother appeared in the Mishnah that he was the oldest one or the remaining brother who was able to do Yibum to the other four. Says the Gemara, Arba Achen Sal Kadatach. He got the number wrong. It really should be five. Elaima, you're right. We have to play with the language of the Mishnah and it should be Arba Me Achen, four of the brothers. A family that has a lot of boys, more than four or five at least, fine. Next case, Harashus Biado, we said that this fifth brother is able to marry the four women who are the Yavamas of his four brothers. Says the Gemara Shafkile, they're going to let him do that? Tanya, after all, the Pasuk says in regards to 
uh, in regards to the world of Yibum, uh, the elders are called, what's the drasha there? They're the zikanim of the air. They speak directly to the people. There's no, there's no shaliach between the, between the, the dayan and the people going through the process. What does it mean with Dibrue loved? Melame, the Pasuk means Shemasin lo Eitza Hogeneslo. The the uh the Bezdin gives Eitza when people are doing Yibum. They gotta make sure that it makes sense. For example, Shimhaya who yelled Vihizikena or who zakin vihi yalda. If the age gap is massive, then they'll say Omrim Lo, they're gonna say to the husband, Malach Eitzel Yalda, Malach Eitzel Zakena, Kalach Eitzel uh Eitzel Shekam Oscha, the Al Tasim Ktata Bevesach. Yeah, it's not shayach. She's 60, you're, you're 15, or vice versa. Like, it's not shayach. So you got to make sure that it makes sense. So we have the chachamim who are going to be giving out eitzah. And what are they going to say in this case? You got five brothers. Four of the brothers died. Women are not related to one another. All four women fall by yibum to the one brother who's alive. You're going to say you have a din of yibum by every single sibling. That's just, uh, it's not a good idea. So says the Gemara, no, they, they would give advice, but this guy is very wealthy. He can handle the bills. He's a millionaire, a billionaire. He's able to support the four women of his brothers. And being Mekayim Zerla he's able to keep his brother's memory alive four times over. His four brothers' memories four times over. Fine. Says the Gemara, if so, why then did the Mishnah position the case with only four brothers? If what you're saying is that uh, it's all about the money and because he's F. Charlay, then no problem. So what if there's 12 boys and the 13th boy was uh, was the one who had all of the Avamos fault? And so marry all 12 of them. Why did the Mishnah say four? And the Gemara here gives a very important answer, hashkafically and halachically. The Mishnah says four to teach us something wise. Dalit in tfelo. Four women, that's acceptable in regards to Yibum, but more than that is unacceptable. Why? To make sure that one can uh, be available to one's spouse for the mitzvah of Ona. We know that Ona's Talmidi Chachamim is once, once weekly, uh, from Friday night to Friday night. Friday night is Labdafka, but that's uh, the idea that's mentioned in Postkin. From Friday night to Friday night, that's considered acceptable for, to be, for the Ona's Talmidi Chachamim. And uh, that's a mitzvah, so I say, that a husband is obligated to be available to his wife. So if that's true, how can you be available to your wife when you have four wives? So that said, that says the Gemara, that's the maximum of Eitzatoba, to make sure that each woman can have their ona uh, on a semi-regular basis. Shifting over a quarter of the way down or so, the Mishnah said the case of the one man who was married to two women, and then he died, says the Gemara, why is it that our Mishnah says, you should do chalitza or yibum to one and the other goes off scot-free. Why can't you do yibum to both of them? Now remember, this case is not like our first case. Our first case was four brothers and they all fell by yibum. Their wives all fell by yibum. Here it's one man whose two wives fell to a brother by yibum. It's not the same case. So why here are we saying that you cannot do yibum? Because Amr of Chia Baraba, Amr of Yochanan, Amr Kura, the Pasuk says, Asher lo It's not appropriate to marry two of the Avamos, even if they're not related to one another, because uh, there's no, the din is to uh, to be Mekayim for, for for the brother, and you're doing that with one of the spouses, no need for that to be done with two of the spouses. And a third of the way down on Memdal, Ramadal, the Gemara says, why don't we do Chalitza to both, but not to both of the women? The Nachlos Tarvayu, that's another iteration that our Mishnah didn't seem to consider. Amar Marzutra Bartivya, of course the Mishnah considered it. Amar Kra Beis Chalutanal, Baiz Echad Hu Cholitz, Ein Cholitz Shnebatim. It's not halachically appropriate to do Chalitza to both. So then again, we're, we're where we are standing, which is that we're under the assumption 
that we either have to do chalitza or yibum to one, and the other will go off scot-free. So then asks the Gemara, why don't we do a different version still? Why don't we do yibum to one and chalitza to the other? So here the Gemara raises two concerns. Concern number one, the Gemara says, is Amar Kra, Im Lo Yachpotz. The Pasuk says if he doesn't want to do yibum, he can do chalitza. But if he wants to, he can do yibum. We've seen this idea many times already throughout the Masechta, um, most recently about uh, 20 blot ago, actually even less probably, but the, the Masorah Sashat quotes one on Davchach, but I think we saw this idea earlier, uh, since then I should say, which is that we have to have it be a real case. And because you can't do Yibum to both, because you've already been Mekayim Zara, so then you have to let one of them go. And because the Chalitza you're doing for that woman is not really one that's possibility with Yibum, so therefore it's invalid. That's concern number one. The Odin, furthermore, we also don't want, don't want people to say that only half of his house is built. This man had two wives, and one of the wives was uh, was Yibum, and the other one was Bechalitza. That doesn't look nice. Says the Gemara, just about halfway down on Memdal, who cares? Everyone understands he had two wives. He couldn't marry both of them. So let it be that he did chalitza to one and yibum to another. Says the Gemara, I agree with you a little bit. If you did yibum first and then you did chalitza afterwards, you're absolutely right. That would be a valid, viable option, halachically speaking. Ella, the reason why we don't allow that where we do yibum first and chalitza after is because it's very easy to mix up the order. That if a man has, uh, has uh, two yivamos that are from one husband, and he does accidentally chalitza first. So then he has no longer, he no longer has a din of Yivne Beso, of building his brother's family. It's over. Yeah, the mitzvah is gone, and you're not allowed to marry that second woman. And therefore, we don't allow even to do the other way, which is the right way, which is to do Yibum first, followed by chalitza. Says the Gemara. Oh, so let's just do a quick chazar. We tried to understand a few of the iterations of our of our Mishnah as to why it is that if there's one man who has two wives and he dies, that these two wives who are not related to one another fall to a brother for yibum. Why is it that our Mishnah says that we do yibum and or chalitza to one? We do yibum or chalitza to one, and the other goes off scot free. And we can't went through a few iterations of why we can't do all the other things. Okay, the Ema says the Gemara. This is a very crazy havam. You know, we've seen a couple of unique limits of uh, a couple of unique limits of Yibum, and here's another one. <coughs> the Imam, maybe we should say, when there's only one wife that's falling by Yibum from a husband, that's when we'll have the mitzvah of Yibum. But when a man, Taka, has two wives, then because what we're saying is that the Pesukim don't seem to give a lot of latitude for two wives. In regards to, you know, you only have to do Yibum for one wife, and even by Chalitza, based on you only have to do one wife. So then maybe there's no din of Yibum when there are multiple wives. Now we know from this Masechta that that's not true. We know already that there's a din of Yibum in it. We said if there's two brothers, fine. We've seen many cases of this already. So we already know that, 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 that it's wrong. Um, and the Gemara rejects it as follows. Imkain, if it were to be true that there was, an, uh, that there was only a din of Yibum, there was only a mitzvah of Yibum when there's only one wife who falls by Yibum, Imkain, Tzaras Erva uh, how many times have we seen the drushes of Litzror? That we know that there's an Isha who's a Tzara, the other wife. And the Sukkim speak about her explicitly. Of course, there's a mitzvah of Yibum. When, of course, there's a mitzvah of Yibum when, when we talk about 
uh, having two wives, having a co-wife. Says the Gemara, Hashta Beis Be'alma, two random women. Amris Lab Nechalitza Vibum. You can't uh, have, you can't do both. So therefore, Tzaras Erva Miboya. Obviously, uh, obviously that doesn't make any sense. If, if what you're saying is true that there's no mitzvah Yibum Archalitza with two women, then certainly we wouldn't need the Psukim to say women who are co-wives to the same man. For sure, that's true. So says the Gemara, that's not a good argument. Even if you were to say. Even if you were to say that the mitzvah yibum only applies when there's one spouse, you still need the pasuk to speak about litzror. Alam alo, why would I not have needed that in the pasuk? Itzrich, I would have needed it for the following logic. Had it been that a man had two wives, a regular wife, Hannah and Penina, a regular wife and a co-wife, and really, even if it was the din, that the mitzvah yibum only applies when there's only one wife, we still need the pasuk. Sal chamina, two-thirds of the way down, four lines before the next Mishnah. Sal amina, erva avroi kaima. Maybe because the erva, if the, if the first wife is an erva, and therefore inherently she's totally forbidden to the yavam, we might have thought that really because the woman, the first wife who's an erva, is completely forbidden to the husband, so maybe it's as though she doesn't exist in regards to the mitzvah yibum. And the only wife that does exist is the one that she's allowed to marry, which is the tzara, Kamash Malanda Asira, says the Gemara, no matter what we need the Pasuk. Ella, therefore, how do we know? Fundamental question, how do we know that the mitzvah of Yibum applies even when there's more than one wife? And the Gemara answers, it's not from Svara, it's only from Drasha. And as we close up at the two dots here, Ella, Yivimto, Yivimto, Riba. The reason that we know that there is a din of Yibum, even when there's more than one wife who falls by Yibum, the reason we know that to be true is because of the drasha of Yivimto Yivimto. At the two dots just before the new Mishnah, why is it that we have to make sure that if when a man has two wives and one of them is already a Grusha and a Sur to Kohanim, why do we have to make sure that that's the one who gets Chalitza if he does Chalitza? And the Ksheira, the one who has no limitations, that she's the one who gets Yibum, says the Gemara, and we saw this Gemara earlier as well, Amar of Yosef, should not pour out the water from your pit when others need it. I don't know that this is a mashal we should bring to the Shabbos table as a reference to your spouse, but nevertheless, the Gemara is making a point is don't spill out the water if someone else can use it. Yeah, you can't marry her because you're a Kohen and she's a Grusha, but a regular Yisrael can marry her. There's no reason to, to do chalitza in front of her and make things worse or just marry her or don't marry her depending on the status, whatever makes the most sense. That brings us to a new Mishnah. The new Mishnah is two-thirds of the way down and the Mishnah has a machlokas Rabbi Akiva and the Chachanah. Here are the cases that they argue about. If a man is married, let's say that Ruvain is married to, uh, to Rachel, they get divorced. Rachel, in the meantime, marries another man, Chaim, and then they get divorced. And now Ruvain wants to remarry his initial wife. This is what we refer to as Hamachzer Grushaso, and Rashi adds in the keywords Mishanises. Rashi says, you're remarrying the woman you were married to after she'd been married to another man. That's case number one. So if a man marries his chalutza, and a man who marries the relative of his chalutza, in all of these cases, Yotzi, you must get divorced. In all of these cases, all of these cases, the children that are born from them are considered mamzerim midoraisa. Done deal. Well, actually, we'll have to see if it's Dindor. The Chachamim say, they disagree. However, as the Mishnah closes, they do agree. Rabbi Akiva and the Chachamim agree in the case of they agree that if one marries the relative of a Grusha, so if the Grusha was someone that you're not allowed to marry, you can't marry that, that person's relative, that the Vlad is a Mamzer. 
asks the Gemara on the Shita of Rabbi Akiva, how can Rabbi Akiva so say, No, it means a family member of a woman who's a Grusha. Say that there's a Grusha, her sister. Yeah, so I said the man marries his ex mother in law or ex sister. Ex sister in law, yeah. I was trying to stay away from sister because that's a little more complicated. I think the mother in law piece was more complicated, but that's just because of me. I, I lost you in the generation jump there, but I, I know, yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, that's shot in the, in the case there. And take a look at Rashi at the end of the Mishnah to clarify he does a better job than anybody. Two cases you mentioned, they're both there. Yeah. So, so even it's Grushaso, he's still stuck. <laughs> even what? It's Grushaso. It's he's like he's still stuck. Yeah, she's she's basically. I mean, Rashi, Rashi, Rashi really he cap he captures yeah. it. It's still like a well, Ishto. Ishto. It's like Achos Ishto. Like, right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Exactly. She'd have to die for those other. Probably. Yeah. We say that by Achos Ishto. Yeah. We say that by Achos Ishto. That if 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 the sister dies, who's the one who's asked to, you can marry right. the other one. Correct. Okay. But but Rashi, but Rashi includes here. I mean, we're not really speaking about what happens if she dies. That's not our sugya right now. We're just talking about this guy having a, a child with the with the krova. So I don't know. But with what? Yeah, but what would happen in in the case of in the case that we're discussing? If the woman, if the woman who's usher to you dies, can you then marry the mother? That's uh, beyond the pale here. It might still be usher because they might. Yeah, I don't know. Right. So here the Gemara opens with, with a question about something we learned in the Resha. We've learned in this Masechta a number of times that a chalutza may not be an Isra de Oraisa as it relates to the actual marriage of a Kohen, that it might be the Rabbanon. So what we're bothered by here is that Rabbi Akiva calls this child a mamzer, and nevertheless, uh, we have Mari Makomos that don't seem to agree with that. Does Rabbi Akiva really hold that if one marries the relative of a chalutza, that the child is a mamzer? After all, first long line, Ve'amareish Lakish, Kan Shana Rebbe, Achos Grusha, Midivrei Torah, Achos Chalutza, Midivrei Torah, the sister of a Chalutza is only a Dinder Abanon. So how can you tell me in the Mishnah Rebbe Akiva that the Krova of a Chalutza is a Mamzer? I read the Mishnah says that the marriage of the sister of a Chalutza is only a Dinder Abanon. That's a great question. So much so that the Gemara, in its first presentation of an answer, changes the language of the Brisa. Our Brisa has on line number two of the Mishnah, Hanosei And here the Gemara says, Tani, we should change it to Krovas Grushaso. We should change it to the relative of the Grusha. Fine. Still not so simple because the next case is Hanosei Krovas Chalutzaso because that's still a case of Chalutzaso, but both cases are then pretty similar. So then the Gemara says, Tani Krovas Grushaso. And Hachanami Mistabra, this is actually logical because Dikatani Seifa Umodim, that they do admit to one another that Benose Krovas Krushaso Shavlad Mamzer. And if we don't change the language of our Mishnah to Krovas Krushaso, then when they say Umodim, they're not falling back on anything in the previous part of our Mishnah. Normally, when you have a Machlokas and it's followed up by a Modim, is that Beishel holds X, Beishame holds Y, but they both, they're Modim in one case where they both agree. But that's usually referencing a case that already exists. And that's why the Gemara says as follows Iyamras Bishlama Ayriba, if in fact the Mishnah had already been including, including this case of Krovas Krushaso, the new answer here, the change 
range of our Mishnah, then Hanu Diktani Modem, Umodem, I could understand why the Mishnah would say, but they actually do agree in this one case. I could understand that. But if in fact the Mishnah doesn't have this new language of Krovas Kushaso, my Umodem, what then would be the language of Umodem? Says the Gemara, that's really not a good argument because Vidilma Hakamashmalan, what it's teaching us is the Yesh Mamzer that you can have uh, a Mamzer that's created from an Isser Krisus. It doesn't have to be that uh, it's, it's a case that already is pre existing in the Mishnah. Maybe they just both agree to a different case, and that's what they're being moded to. Says the Gemara, that we already learned. We don't need our Mishnah to teach us that Chaybe Krisus are Mamzerim. Haktani Lalekaman. We learn later on in the Masechta. Uh, not too far, another five days or so, says the Gemara Ezehu Mamzer, Kol She'er Basar, Shehu Belo Yavo, Divi Rabbi Akiva. Any family member who's in the Isra of uh, Lo Yavo, that's what Rabbi Akiva says. But we don't need his opinion for right now. We need Rabbi Shimon Ateimani. What does he say? Rabbi Shimon Ateimani Omer, Kol She'chayav and Alav Kares, Bidei Shemaim, that anyone who has an Isra Kares in the Tash Mishamita, then the resulting child will be a Mamzer, just categorically, very simple. You don't have to worry about marriage. You don't have to worry about nothing. As long as there's an Isser Kares, then the child is a Mamzer. And mm-hmm. so if you wanted to tell me that, no, it's okay. Really, the Mishnah wasn't talking about Krovas Grushaso um, uh, earlier on, and they're just mentioning it in the Seifa, and that's to teach me about Kares. That's not possible because the Mishnah on Memtes already teaches us that, says the Gemara, eight lines, seven lines from the bottom on, from Memdal and Medale. Do you have a question? Sleeping with Nida. Like Any Isser Kares is going gonna, is gonna to generate a child as a Mamzer. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to know than it's all the other ones. What do you mean? Saying if somebody, I mean. Oh, you're saying you just don't know if she's a, 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 like she's a woman, you know, who's not married. It gets, it gets I hate pregnant. to be one, but if someone is, uh, you know, right, if she's not Makbid on Tash Mishamita, she's probably not Makbid on Badikos either. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, so then the odds are she is an either so just out of I mean, most of I say is this whole chuva. What about all the Bali chuva? Their kids are tzaddikim, they're not rishonim. So obviously they go swimming in them. Yeah, there's, yeah he, he's that beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm just saying, but if you have someone, not because they're about their tinok shanishba that they're having tashmashamita, they're just not from. I think it's a little bit more aggressive, you know, in this case, when you're when you're comparing Nida, she's probably not, there's two peas in a pot. If you're makbid on tashmashamita, then you're probably more likely to be makbid on, uh, on hochos Nida. But you're right, it would be hard to know. Be very hard to know. Karis is a din in Shemaim. It's not a din in Bezdin, so it doesn't, I don't know that it matters to us in Bezdin terms. But, anyways, that's what the Gemara says over here. And the Gemara says, well, maybe what's happening over here in our Mishnah is that by repeating the fact, or at least implying that there is a din of uh, of kares and that we pask in that way is to say that we hold like shemana temani that we hold that chayve krisus generate a child who's a mamzer. In Cain says the gemara listen shar chayve krisus. Why then does our mishnah only speak about one case? There's a there's fifty cases of krisus, whatever, however many cases there are of krisus that the tashma shemita could generate uh, such a such a scenario of a mamzer. Krovas grusha solamali. Why then only specifically was that case mentioned? Shmami no iripa. It must therefore be like our like our answer number one was that we have to change the language of our mishnah. That in the ratio of the mishnah we change the case of chalutza so to a case of krovas grusha Says the Gemara, Bidilma, maybe that's still not true. Because in one part of the Mishnah it uses this language, we also use that, that language as well. But, but, but it's Labdafka that it was already in the existing in the Mishnah. We don't have to change the language of the Mishnah. And therefore, this approach of, of answer number one, of changing the language of the Mishnah, is no longer correct. 
And therefore, we have to move on to the second possible answer as to how to understand the Shita of Rabbi Akiva. And here we're in for a bit of a surprise. Ella, three lines from the bottom, Krovas Chalutzas Rabbi Akiva Have Mamzer. Even though Rabbi Akiva did hold that sleeping with the sister of a Chalutzas in Isra Darabanan, Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree. Rabbi Akiva argues, Machlokas Tanaim, as to whether or not Tash Meshamita with this woman would generate with a chalutza, with the Achos Chalutza would generate a mamzer, yes or no. Rabbi Akiva is very makbid. And Itaka holds against Rebbe that uh, the, the Isra of Achos Chalutza so is not an Isra Darabon, he holds it's an Isra Daraisam. Where does Rabbi Akiva learn this from? So says the Gemara, What does the Torah refer to the chalutza as? Beso. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful deal from the Psukim. It almost sounds obvious that if the Pasuk is going to refer to a chalutza as beso, base chalutza now, if we're going to use the language of beso by a chalutza, what's beso? That's his wife. So even though it's true that the chalutza, that the chalitza separates them, but the fact that the chalitza happened identified a tethering between that woman and her and her chalutz. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that a tash with the achos chalutza so would still be an isr del raisa and still be kais. Huge machlokas tanayim. I mean, that is a massive chasm between a child being a mamzer and and the Tashmish Amita only being an Isra Darabana. I mean, that's just a, there's just a wild gap in, in Shitas, you know. You know, you don't see things like this. So, I mean, we see Machlokas, but like when you really, when you look at a Machlokas, they're usually pretty narrow. Do you do smich on the animal? You know, it's very simple. It's glot. This is Mamish Yuchayv Kareis, and, and the other side, it's like, okay, you really shouldn't have done it. It's, it's Makas Mardus, let's call it, if, you, if you're really in the times of that, you get, you get a slap on the wrist. Okay. For the remainder of the day today, we're going to be learning um, a Memra of Rav Yosef. The problem is we don't know exactly what the name of Yosef was. So we're going to learn the first version now, and then we'll pivot over to the second version shortly. Bottom line, Amem Dalad Amadal. Amar Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Shimon, Berebi. Hakol Modim, everyone agrees, that if a man remarries his ex-wife after she had been married to another man, this is his line, that everyone says that this child is Pagum Lekahuna. Not Mamzer. But just, just what does it say in our mission in this case? So we had said this is a machlokas. The Chachamim say that in this case, of Machser Grushas, Rabbi Akiva said it was Vlad Mamzer, and the Chachamim say it's not. So this line is clearly in line with the Chachamim because he doesn't say that it's a Mamzer. Shavlad Pagum, Likihuna Rashi, Shavlad Pagum, Vim Yolda Bas, Psula Likihuna Kechalala. And the daughter of this, uh, of this marriage, of this bond, would end up being a Chalala. Says the Gemara, when we say man hakol modim, we, we know it's not actually that everyone agrees to that because our Mishnah has Rabbi Akiva who doesn't agree to this. So obviously his language is meant to include something. It's Omer Dorsheni. Who did you mean to include by saying hakol modim that this child has, has a pigam? Says the Gemara, Shimon Atemani, who we just learned about. Even though Shimon Atemani holds that a mamzer cannot be generated from a Tashma Shamita that's only an Isr Lav, he holds that it has to be an Isr Karis, still, Nehida Mamzer Lohave, granted in this case of the Machzer um, Grushaso, that he's not a Mamzer, but Pagum Miyahave. However, the child is considered a Pagum, and therefore he'd have limitations with Kihuna. And where does this idea come from? Mikalva Chomer Me'almana. 
This is an idea we saw already yesterday. What's the Kalbar Khomer from an Almana? Uma Almana Lakohin Gadol, Shaini Sur Shabibhol, Binapagum, just like an Almana, whose limitations to a Kohen Gadol are very unique. She's not across the boards forbidden to everyone, not even to all Kohanim, but she is usher to the Kohen Gadol. So there, any surah shavibakol, not everyone has the same tethering to her, yet we still see binapagum. Zo, our case of the machsir grushaso she'i surah shavibakol, which does apply across the boards to Kohanim, ain't no din pagum, all the more so this kid's going to be pagum. Fine. So says the Gemara, a whole host of questions on this Kalvachomer. The next 10, 12 lines are questions on this Kalvachomer. And then we're going to try and answer all of them. We're going to fail. And because we're going to fail, we're going to circle back and re-understand Rav Yosef's initial statement. So let's see what the challenges are. First of all, says the Gemara, six lines down, whenever we see the phrase, it means we can ask a tough question. And in this case, it means we can ask a tough question on the Kalvachomer from Almona. An almana is unique, is that she is inherently psula. That's very different. She's the one who's mischalelis. Number two, the Pasuk indicates this black on white, that she is the toeva. And what's the drasha? The doesn't, doesn't trickle down to her kids like you wanted to say, Rav Yosef. The Ode, and furthermore, Tanya, the Brisa writes, this is a longer Brisa, so a man who remarries his wife after she'd been married to another person, and a man who marries his chalutza, so here we have a machlokas. Now our Mishnah that we learned at the bottom of the previous page is quite similar, but not identical to this Mishnah. 12 lines down, Rabbi Akiva Omer, ein lo ba kiddushin, ve'ein sricha himenu get, ve'hipsula, ve'vlada pasol, ve'kofen osolahotzi. In all of these relationships, Rabbi Akiva says, there is no kiddushin, she doesn't even need a get, and she's psula, and the child is pasol, and they're forced to get divorced. There actually is the mechanics of Kedushin do work here. The Tzrichai men who get, and therefore they would need a get upon their separation. The the mother is Ksher, Kasher. So Rabbi Akiva and, and the Chachamim, they have their party lines from one Mishnah to the next. Everything seems Kaftor Referach so far. So says the Gemara over here analyzing this Brisa, when the Chachamim say that the child is Kasher, Leman, who is the child Kasher to? Doesn't it imply that the child is going to be kosher to a Kohen? Says the Gemara, no, lo, lekahal, just to tell you that the kid's not a mamzer and that he's able to marry into the Jewish people. Yihachi says the Gemara, what does it mean when it says he ksheira in the name of the Chachamim? That she's allowed to be ksheira leman. Who is that according to? Like, which, who is she allowed to marry? Obviously, she's allowed to marry in. Because a woman chooses to have an inappropriate halachic relationship with someone, it doesn't mean she can never marry again. It's a very bad idea. You're probably not going to get a, a trust award for having done something so inappropriate, but still, you're not a sewer to the kal. Everybody knows that she's muteris to the kal, even if she does something wrong. It must therefore be that when it, when the Chachamim say, is talking about Lekehuna. And then the Gemara says, It seems to be that because she is psula to the kahuna, so the child would also have, uh, because she is kshera to the kahuna, so the vlad should also be kshera to the kahuna, and this is a big question mark on the kalvachomer that we said above. So says the Gemara Media does that make sense? Do we have to assume that whatever the limitations are on the mother apply to the child? That was the logic that we just employed. We said that because the din of the mother is that she's kshera to the kohan, and therefore her kid must be also. Says the Gemara, no, isa. Maybe the din of the mother is not the same as that of the father. This does partially answer our question, because you were saying that maybe the ben he can't have a psul. And this says, no, the ben can still have a psul, because the mother and the, and the son don't have to have the same halachic status. And this is actually 
very logical to assume that the halachic status of the mother as it relates to Kohanim and that of the child are not the same. Where do we see this? We see this with the Shita Rabbi Akiva. The Ketan Arisha, in regards to Rabbi Akiva, what did he say? He psula vevlada pasal. He said that she is psula and the child is pasal. Now let's analyze his, his Shita. When it says he psula, that the woman herself is psula, leman, who is that referring to? Ilema lekahal, if you want to say that she's psula to the kahal, mishum dizanya if that doesn't make sense. As we saw above, she would not become psula to the kahal just because she had tash mashamita that was aser. Elalav, it must be lekahuna that she's psula. And what does it mean when it says vlad apostle leman? Ilema lekahuna, halakal kosher, ham rabbi akiva vlad mamzer. It's not even close. So you have a case scenario where she's Muteres and he is a Vlad Mamzer. Ela pshita lekal. It must be that we're talking about the kal. Because by Rebbe Akiva, we say that the din of the mother, by definition, has to be different than that of the son. So to Seifanami, by the din of the Chachamim, so we've solved one of our problems because we tried to undermine the kal v'chomer by saying that the din of the mother and the son have to be the same. What about the next halacha that we, the next question that we pose about a third of the way down? So now we're on the first of the long lines, and the Gemara says we had said above, what about the Pasuk, Vihitoeva Nami? We have an answer for that one. We had said above that when it says Vihitoeva, it says that there's a difference between her and her son. Says the Gemara, no, that's not the Diuk in the Pasuk. Hitoeva ve'ein sarasa toeva, however, aval boneha toavit. Oh, the drasha makes much more sense this way to say that the drasha on the mother is about her tsara, has nothing to do with the kid. And the kid could be a toeva as well. So it says the Gemara, uh, we answered that question too. Ela almana kasha, we still do have a challenge about one uniqueness about an almana, one that we have yet to solve for. And that is male almana shekein hi atzma that the mother herself is, she has a uniqueness. What is her uniqueness? I should have learned this Rashi earlier with you, but I didn't. Look at Rashi on the top line of the page. <clears throat> Rashi says, Very unique thing. That once the Almana has Tash uh with the Kohen Gadol, Yeah. Then she becomes a halala even to all the other kohanim. So then she has an inherent psul. So back to where we are. If that's true, then our initial line of Rav Yosef that we started with at the bottom of Memdalat Amaralev, where he said that in the case of Machzer Grushaso, that the child has a pigam, that's not necessarily true. And therefore, we have to re-understand the shita of Rav Yosef. So 10 lines from the bottom, three lines into the wide lines. The Gemara says, Mem ella, i itmar hachi itmar, a well-known line. The phrase of i itmar hachi itmar always means whatever we thought we understood about the previous Amoraic statement was probably wrong and we should try again. If there was such a statement, this is probably what it was. And the Gemara attempts another one. Everyone agrees that if there's Tashmish Amita between a man and a woman and a, and a woman and the Tashmish itself is Bechaybe Krisus, everyone agrees that the Vlad is Pagum. Now, this is different than the previous statement of Rabbi Yosef because the previous statement of Rabbi Yosef was specifically about Machzer Grushaso. This is more broad. This is all cases of Chaybe Krisus. Did you have a question? That's a shita too. We saw that. We saw that. It doesn't matter how we pass him. I'm saying that we had machlokes tanaim about it, whether or not we. That was yeah. That was what we saw about. Was that uh, who was that? 
Yeah, that was Rav Shimon Atemani. So that was the price on the bottom of Memdal Amadala, where there was a Machlokas Tanaim about that. Rav Shimon Atemani holds, like you were saying, and it seems to be that we pass in that way. However, it is it is a Machlokas. What? So this statement of Rav Yosef yeah. might be reached all past in this way. Could be. Okay. Could be. We'll have to look in Shulchan Aruch. Yeah. Says the Gemara, when Rav Yosef says his line of we know, as David just highlighted, that not everybody holds this way. So when we say man hakol modem, who, who are you referring to behind the scenes? It's kind of like one of those things where, like, had we really been, like, intimately familiar with all of this, we would have been like, eh, who's he talking about? <laughs> Something's going on here, you know, that's, that should kind of be our, as learners, that should be our reaction, be like, wait, not Hakol Modem, everybody knows not Hakol, so, so what is the, what is the line coming to teach us? It says the Gemara, to teach us about Rabbi Yoshua. Te'af al-Gavdom Rabbi Yoshua, ein mamzer mechaive krisus, that when there is uh, a Tashmashamita with a Chayve Krisus, I should say a little better. When there is Tashmashamita that is Chayve Kares, then it's not a Mamzer. Nehida Mamzer Lohave, even he would agree that in this case, while it's true that there's no Mamzeris, but Pagumia Have, he would still agree that with the Chayve Krisus, even though Lemaisa, he doesn't hold this way, Yeshua holds that it's not considered Mamzeris, doesn't matter. We would still say that there's a Pagan. How do we know? Mikal Vachomer from Almana, Me Almana. Almana the Kohen Gadol Shena, Isura Shave Bechol. Uh, by her, that her Isser is very unique in, in the initial phase where she's only limited to the Kohen Gadol. So then, uh, so then by her, we say it's Benopagum, Zoshi, Sura, Bechol, Enodin, She, Benopagum. Then in our case of Chai Krisus, for sure it should be the case. And that's across the boards, the din of Tashmash with Chai with a Tashmash Amita that is Chai Karis is, of course, across the boards. And if you want to say that there's a uniqueness, like we saw above, here you can't say that the that the Kalvachomer doesn't apply. Above, we said that the Kalvachomer doesn't compare from from uh, from the case of Almana to the case of Machzir Grushaso. But here, the Kalvachomer does work. Here, the Kalvachomer works because when um, when the uh, almana has tash meshamita, so then she's mischaleles. And hachanami here by the case of chayve krisus, kevan shebaala asa azona. Once tash meshamita took place with this, in, in this case, she's considered a zona. Rashi says the baramaskal asa azona, six lines from the bottom of the page, and with this will stop. What does Rashi say? Asa azona upsala lekuhuna. Okay, and that's what really I mean, the Rashi is speaking about a little bit more. You can't give this same answer above because Machzer Grushaso doesn't turn her into a zona. But here, by the Chayve Krisus, it does. So therefore, we seem to have a valid approach to uh, Rav Yosef. And Rav Yosef's line is that he's just saying that whenever there's Chayve Krisus, even according to Rav Yoshua, holds that there is no Mamzeris, but still, she the, the child is going to be considered Pagum. We'll stop right here. Tomorrow, we'll jump into the sugya of Eved Ovid Kochav Ma'bal Bas Yisrael Shavlad Mamzer. And uh, hopefully, we'll come out the Kula so that we don't have a lot of Mamzerim running around Klal Yisrael. Wishing you all a beautiful night.